Live from Andre's basement, it's the Chunky Glasses Podcast. Tonight, their special guest is Laura Segaris, and they'll review albums by Camper Van Beethoven, Fiddler, and Yola Tango. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. In the basement, the Chunky Glasses podcast. Uh, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's been a funny evening already. Uh, I am here with Andre as usual. Uh, Paul is in the house. Justin. Good evening. <laughs> Rusty and Susie on her very first podcast. Hello, Susie. This is not my first rodeo. Um, first off, I'd like to apologize for the last podcast when things got a little out of hand. Was that when we yelled at you about Frank Ocean? Are we going back to New Year's? Everybody yells. New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions. Less whiskey, uh, more talk about music. Uh, And speaking of music, um, tonight on the podcast we are going to be talking about, like Justin said, (laughs) uh, Yolo Tango, uh, Fiddler, and Camper Van Beethoven will have albums out first. uh, But first, uh, we're going to check in. Uh, We did an interview with uh, local artist Laura Segaris earlier today, so uh, we're going to check that out. So, uh, Andre, hit it. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we at, Justin? And it begins. (laughs) Uh, Oh, me? Yeah, kick us off. Hi, uh, so we are sitting down with uh, Laura Segaris. Uh, DC native, is that right? No, I'm a Pittsburgh PA. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh PA, but you claim DC is home. You claim I Capitol do. Hill is home now. I do. I'm I'm yeah. pretty staunch on the hill. Yeah. Her uh, new album, Every Man, uh, just came out today. Today, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She has uh, been kind enough to sit down with us and talk about the album. Maybe play a song or two. Um. So, how did you uh, come to DC from Pittsburgh? Oh, that's a long story, but let's do a little shorty. <laughs> okay. So Cliffs. <laughs> I went to to college at uh, College of William and Mary okay. in uh, Williamsburg. And then I like had friends that went to school at GW, and so I'd come up for... Mm-hmm. I think I came up once for a Tracy... No, I came up once for a Tracy Chapman concert at Lisner. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, walking around, I just loved it here. Oh, nice. So when I, you know, I got a job outside of... 
uh, New York, my first job out of school, and I just really I didn't like it very okay. much, and I needed to have one phase of my life. You know, you have these phases of your life. You have mm-hmm. the work, the friends, the what's the other thing? Social. Yeah. Friends sure. is social. Oh, the area, geography. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was like, I want, I need one thing right. So I was like, I know I like D.C., so I'm going to go there. And then things just You like the friends didn't like the job. You're like, all right. <laughs> I didn't have any friends. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was the thing. Uh, how, how long have you been in D.C.? Uh, it's been like 10 years. Wow. No, it's been over that. It's been over like that. 13 maybe now. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. It does. Um, so when, so you get here, you start, you were already writing songs by the time you got here? Uh, not very good ones. Okay. You know, but I was starting a little bit, you know. And then at what point were you like, because I know I had read that you quit your job yeah. to do this full time. At what point were you like, all right, I, I have enough faith in myself that we're going to make this happen? It, it was it was slow because I had a lot of stage fright. So it was yeah. like when I first started, I was like challenging myself to just go to an open mic and play, you know, some songs that okay. weren't mine first. And then I was like, okay, the next time I go out, it has to be songs that are mine. Okay. And then the next time... I go out, it's because I have a CD, you know? So it was like, okay. I'm putting out these challenges to myself a little bit. So that was like 2001. Okay. What, then, were, uh, what were some of the songs that you played that weren't yours? Oh, or, I, I was like, or I let loved... me ask, what was the most embarrassing song you played that weren't yours? So you're like, <laughs> I gotta get the audience in on this. Yeah. Oh my God. You know which one I used to do the, I used to be really, well, I'm still into really into techno, yeah, you know? Sure. So remember that Alice DJ song, the one that's like, I'm old. <laughs> I have no fucking like, idea what you're talking about. You know that song? It was like, do you think you're better off alone? Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so actually, I, I do. know that. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm going to play this song acoustically and, you know, nice. it was kind of fun, actually, nice. but... Uh, yeah. I mean, did you did you try to cover a lot of techno bands like on oh, this guitar, <laughs> no. or is that just the one-off? Yeah, it was so just the, more the expected That was stuff. just what came up. Yeah, I mean, I was a big... Cure and Depeche Mode fan, so like I didn't necessarily cover that stuff, but like you know, I did a couple Depeche Mode songs. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun, but but then I did more like you know the typical Indigo Girls. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, I'm trying to think of, but then I do like really like that Tonic song that was out. I played that, and then um, yeah, it's it's a great great songwriter. I think Grant. I don't even know. He's in Nashville now. Oh, he really? has a good, he has a great career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's doing well. Yes, yeah. but um, yeah, you know, I just kind of would go for whatever. So, mm-hmm. and skipping ahead in time, as part of your Indiegogo campaign, mm-hmm. people could buy you mm-hmm. covering songs. It's true. And I've heard you do "Open Your Heart," and it's freaking awesome. Thanks. What were like some of the other tunes that people are? Well, were I they have... deliberately trying to mess with you, or were no, they like, I would that be... that one was a friend of mine that. He was like, I really want an early Madonna tune. And then I happened to go to her concert when she was at Verizon. And I was like, oh. She did an acoustic version of the song where the folks were playing. And I was like, oh, this could be kind of cool. So then I did that. And then um, my other friend, it was another friend of mine that that picked that package. He still hasn't told me what he wants yet. Oh, okay. It's up to him. Nice. They could just, your buddies can't just give you money. They're like, no, I'm going to force you to, <laughs> I know, exactly. force you to embarrass yourself and cover a force couple of songs. It's, yeah. it's more fun. He's going to be like, I think he he's the type of guy, too, that would be like, okay, Demi Lovato. Or Lovato. Not, not, is that okay. how you say your name? I think so, yeah. And the thing is, I love that one song that's on the radio. Right, right. I would totally cover it. Rock it out. You know? Something. So yeah, that's the secret is you got to find something that would still be cool that yeah. they know you don't want to play. Exactly, <laughs> but it's kind of like the 
that would she doesn't go it's Miley Cyrus like Miley, that yeah. climb song great song yeah. I could cover that you there, know there's, uh, the thing about pop music is in general I think is like it's all fantastically written yeah. right like I mean it's catchy as all get out yeah. you can say you don't like it but yeah it's it hits on a level that like it's just in your genes well that's the thing is like when I first started covering and stuff one mm-hmm. of the things that and people still ask me to do it is I covered this Britney Spears tune mm. yeah that oops I did it again <laughs> and it was like presented in a totally different way than what she would do it right. or anything and I think when people see that you know there's more to the song than in the production all around it if you can if you can find something interesting to do with the words and kind of mm-hmm. Take some liberties with the chords. You can do some cool stuff. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And when it works in that environment, I think right. too, it's it like shows how the skill and the crafting of the song. Yeah, right. no, that's right. true. Like the, Britney Spears and her writers ain't fucking around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are not fucking. Around. But I wonder if it's we're getting off topic. But I wonder yeah. if it's easier to like cover a tune by somebody like that because you hear covers of like Tom Waits songs and you're like, okay, but it ain't the original. Yeah, right. But with Britney Spears, it's like. It's, Sort of no way to go but up. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. I mean, it's all a matter of opinion. It's, right? I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Uh, so the first record comes out. Things are going well. You put out the second record. And then, from what I've read, you were kind of feeling not happy with yeah. the business, kind of where things were at. So what were, what were your, after that second record came out, where was your head? What was going through your mind? I was, you know, pretty low, you know, I think, I don't, you know, you talk to a lot of songwriters, I'm sure some of them talk about this, and I think it's like with any job, you know, there are times when you feel um, really competent and able in what you do, and and that's reinforced by the way what you do is received, you know, and so in the natural cycle of putting out records and writing, there's a time when you're kind of, your songs are old, Right, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you've played them a lot. People may still really like them, but right. you're like, okay, you know, you need something new, and you're not necessarily inspired by anything that's going on in your life. And so, um, and in fact, with this business, I think it can really just knock sure. you down yeah. a lot because you know, like, say for this record, it's out today, right? And yeah. it's like anyone can buy it and say it sucks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they can do that, and that's their prerogative and. Right. That's great. And and, but, and they will. And they will, for yeah, sure. That, it's that's not, the thing. Right. right. <laughs> but, they would be wrong. Right. So I will tell you <laughs> that. But. but, you know, it's kind of one of these things where you put so much into it, and then it's just very anticlimactic to be, even with the pre-orders that I did, and I sent these out to people, and I did a lot of hand deliveries. It's like oh, nice. handing over to folks, and it's like, okay, here it is for you, my year of work. Mm, right. And my my but, life's work right. for the last year. And you my. just move on, and... Um, you have to get used to managing those emotions, right? You know, yeah, right. and no matter, even though right now is a really exciting time and and all that, it's like there's always this part of you that's like these songs will get old and they yeah. will be old mm-hmm. and and you will be at another point where you're going to be evaluating what you need to do to continue to right. grow as an artist and all that. Do you go back to the old material and just start changing it, like making just altering it? Because I mean, go back to Tom Waits. It's like song is never done. It's yeah. just what it sounded like when I recorded the album, and then I kept on changing it. Yeah. So do you go back? I think and- that's really true. Yeah. I mean, I find that you know, there's some songs like from my last record. Um, keep talking it's like there's some songs that I don't think have really gotten their due yet so maybe at some point I'll get better at piano and I can (laughs) you know you know be able to really carry a song that maybe I can't you know there's some songs I can 
shouldn't accompany right. my cell phone, but there's right. somewhere I'm like, oh, if I was just a little better at that, I could just do this, and you know. And then as you grow, you you reexamine, and you're like you said, it's it's kind of like yeah. a so was there a, a was there a point in time where you were kind of writing songs in anticipation of of this record, and you thought, all right, things are starting to get better? Was there like one point that you remember, like, okay, I'm ready to start the next record? Yeah, I think. Well, I had some songs that I had been working on, and, you know, one of them, that song Dig, really got me out of, like, nice. really dark place as far as it was It was very literal and metaphorical, everything. It was super, it was one of those where I was like, okay, this right. is a great song, and, and I'm ready to kind of examine, you know, whether this is going to kind of define where the other songs go okay, or, right. you know. Um, but I guess that was in the summertime. Okay. Yeah. And there's some, uh, going back to what you said earlier, there's some, you know, intensely personal stuff on the record. Sure. And as a person who had stage fright, you find it hard to get up and be like, all right, this is like me kind of bearing it all. To be honest, no. And that's what's that so right? funny. It, it's it's <laughs> like to, to think that this is me now. And I've even had people that have known me in the past and they're like, I can't believe this is you. Like, I really? can't believe... Yeah. I mean, of course, I was, like, really young, but um, I don't know. It's it's something where it just became a necessity, and then it, right. it, the door opened, and now it's like I can't... Like, of course, I have my filters and my boundaries, but it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's more of, you know, it's me. It's what I have to do, so... Um, how did you get involved with Jamie Candelora, who produced the record? Um, well, Justin Jones, who's an artist mm-hmm. from around yeah. here, um, is a really good friend and we, you know, he was kind of right when I was first starting to write some decent songs. We, we started singing together in, you know, 2002 probably, or maybe, maybe it was later, maybe 2004, who knows? Anyway, so we've been friends and contemporaries here and he has worked with Jamie before. Okay. And so he knew... He was like, yeah, you should get in touch with Jamie. He's like, I think you guys would really get along. So, um, you know, I did. I called him. He hooked us up, like, just over email. And then I called him. And we just started talking. And it was really natural just nice. talking about where I was. And I was not in a good place still. I wasn't ready to do a record. I didn't think I had the material yet. Okay. I still had maybe four or five songs to write. Okay. But, you know, from those conversations, I felt like I was, I had a little bit more direction than so, and I was going to ask, I mean, he's produced Brian Adams, Willie yeah. Nelson, he's R.E.M., Courtney Love, he's got all these disparate yeah. personalities that he's worked with. Would he kind of, like, feel you out, like, all right, I want to know who you are as a person so I can help you shape how this record's going to sound? Um, I think it was more, it was really organic, you know, it okay. was more like, we need to, I think I remember him saying, we need to break bread. Yeah, so <laughs> let's just go like and that. have dinner, you know, we got along really well, and so then we would just... You know, most of our work was just um, hanging out, and we had nice. things in common and stuff. But you know, for, I went out there for like a week just to play him the songs that I thought uh, were, you know, album worthy and and to select from. And you know, when we played through those, we played through them together. He plays a great drummer, okay. so um, we just worked through them that way. And it was like, okay, you know, these are the ones. There were a couple that were like not done yet it was like evident that and i and for me to have felt comfortable saying this is something that i think could get there but is not done yet that's that's a vulnerable place to be in as a songwriter right so uh, you know the fact that i could just feel that and 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 being open to that and then 
through our work, be able to finish that song was yeah. really cool too. Do you write primarily on the acoustic and go? Yeah, from I would say pretty much. Okay. There's only a couple like that. Ask for it song on yeah. the mm-hmm. album is you know I wrote on piano. A friend of mine, uh, Chris Dutra, was like, "I want you to write a song that's BPM." such as you know yeah, yeah. 135 or something nice. and so i set it up and i was like okay and i like played and it was like really inspiring because it just kind of was like came out you know yeah that's one of those songs. i was listening to that and then the saxophone kicks in i was like holy <laughs> crap there's a saxophone in this song. that's badass <laughs> risky decisions you know such an underutilized <laughs> <system>. exactly <laughs> No, it was, I'm so glad you like it. Yeah, that was that's a fun song. That's a fun song for me to listen to, you I'll know, because it's just like really great musician. Yeah, song exactly. There, you it's know? just a lot of fun. How did yeah. um, how did Ryan Adams end up on the record? He, you know, he came by the studio um, a couple times, and um, he was just because he and Jamie are friends, so right. they had hung out. You know, they've done tons of work together. So he came by, and um, he really liked the music that he sure. heard, and. He was like, you know, let me know anything you need, I'll do. And That's very cool. Yeah, so I was like, you should come by. And, you know, you never know if these things come to fruition. Right. But, you know, right. it kind of did. So it was cool. And is the, the finished product, when you're writing these songs, do you have them flushed out in your head the way they ended up sounding? Or do, do things kind of twist and turn as you're going through that writing process? Um, Wait, so you're saying... Cause, I mean, because some of these songs, there's a lot going on. Like, yeah. You get whistles and you get hand claps sure. and all kinds of stuff. Now, do you hear that and like when you're writing or is it just you banging that on the acoustic guitar and I'm like, I could do this, I could do that? I mean, well, I think it's song to song, right? So, so like that song with the whistling, that was part of the writing for me okay. where it was like, okay, that melody, it was like a vocal, right? It was like, right. A, it was like a word. But then... Um, you know, stuff like the clapping, it was like, we were listening to a Juice Newton record, and it was like, oh my god, like, that's what they do in that, too, and we're like, definitely, did. yeah, I don't even know what it was, Jamie, I'm not a big, I don't know, I don't know shit, <laughs> so, but it was cool, oh, it was Queen Hearts, it was probably, that's yeah, 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 but, um, you know, so then things come along and inspire you, and, yeah. the, and those things happen, but um, I think a lot of things for for this record came about really organically in that we you know we played together and saw where the the song wanted us to go and lead us so okay so that was cool. so you went in with kind of one thing and it kind of goes as the yeah. recording process goes on that's kind yeah. of yeah cool. and that's a that's a that's a credit to Jamie as a producer as well because he's such a great um he's really a master of mood and okay. um mm. there were times when when I was writing and he would know okay this is not time to like go to lunch like even if we said we were going to go in five minutes he could tell i was doing something over there so he just like would leave me in the for an it. hour and then you know then we would whatever instrument we pick up that's what we're going to play it's not ah, necessarily okay. like no we're doing vocals now so that's so whatever you're inspired yeah to do it was that really time. cool and i felt like that happened a lot on just in on every level of this do you, do you think that uh, it's going to change your writing process at all? I don't or? know. I'm kind of curious to see. I'm I'm a bit more, you know, I'm a bit of a traditionalist in that, like, I'm an album person. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to put out one song and have right. it consumed. But, you know, music's changing so much yeah. that it might be that that's what you have to do. But um, in a more of when I'm ready to share it as a group, then yeah. then that's time for you to hear it. But now with this, it's like, I would be open to just kind of like working on a rolling basis, you yeah. know, maybe. Just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Just just, doing, yeah. Keep yeah. them coming as long as the muse is there. Just keep yeah, turning yeah. out. 
Because um, sometimes, like you're saying, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off, no, no, but right. like if you choke, if you if you don't put it out there, then you never know when it's going to have its chance sure. to come out, right? Right. right. So, yeah, exactly. Give it its due. Yeah. Um, can we get you to play one? Yeah, let's do it. Excellent. All right, this is the title track. It's called Every Man. Don't make me call you out. I'll bring you down. Sacrifice. I'll give you one more chance, a fleeting glance. So hold your head up high. Fight this urge to fly.
There's a uh, there's some great footage on your website of you making the record. Um, yeah. You look like you're kind of loving Southern California. So <laughs> at any time you were there, you're like, all right, I could do this. I can move out here. I really, yeah, for sure. You know, and I think I'm a DC. I love DC. Uh-huh. You know. Um, but, but I was, yeah, I was getting into it. I mean, it's I, like I said to Jamie, I was like, "What's there not to like?" Right? Really? Because people get down on LA, you know. Right. But, um, I actually love LA. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I've what only been like out there once. Uh, I don't even know. Yeah. Like people are like bitching about downtown, and like, we were out there for a while. Wasn't even there. Yeah, but it's just like, but it's <laughs> just don't like, go there. Yeah, it's right. like yeah, it's like we spent a lot of time out in Santa Monica too, and it's mm. just like, it's like yes, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think, and you know, invariably the the folks that you meet are doing what you're doing in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like the, I know a friend who did some re- arrangements on the record, John Jennings Boyd has a studio right next to Jamie and we got to be good friends. And he's like, Hey, come over here. I want you to sing on this jingle right now. He's like, I'll pay you, I'll pay you a little bit. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, sweet. And it was like the most fun thing I did, nice. you know? And <laughs> I was like, man, I want to do stuff like this more often, you know. But you can make those opportunities, you know, um, remotely as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think for me, I know it sounds lame, but or it doesn't sound lame, maybe, but it's just my mental and emotional health. I'm really healthy here, right? You know, right. and yeah. I have my life, and I have a great relationship, and I have friends, and right. and I can create, you know, and put stuff out there, and um, have the relationships I want. Right. Here and there and everywhere, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, it's pretty great. Um, you got the show February second is yeah. the record release party at the Hamilton. You excited? Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. That's an awesome room. Yeah. It's just so much fun to see it shows is. there. Yeah, it's really really cool. Um, any plans to tour or more shows after that? I mean, yes. Um, nothing written in stone yet. You know, basically okay. what we want to do is. Or what I personally want to do this time around is um, work the record to radio, you know, see what catches on, see where it catches on, and then go there, you nice. know, and okay. plan it. Um, so that'll be, that'll be, that information will be coming back more, you know, in um, May, April, May. So okay. like, I'll be able to plan over the summer and stuff. So that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Is there, are there tunes that were written that didn't make the record that you're kind of like, I wish that had gotten on f- there? There's no, nothing that I wish would have gotten on because okay. as it is, I mean, it's kind of long. Um, is it, yeah. is it long? Uh, it's 48 minutes, I think it is. is. That, it's, not, yeah. it's, a, it's a good length. It's about average, yeah. Yeah. So I definitely... It's not the wall, but it's not short either. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know. How long is the wall? That's a good... Andre, yeah, I guarantee well, you know the answer geez. to this question. Longer than space. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know, because space gets folded, and then... Yeah. That's where you started, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't... I, I think... I really couldn't be more happy with the record, so I have no no regrets of any songs that didn't go on. You know, it's more like, okay, that's the next phase, and we'll put that on the next one. Right. Is there a, I mean, because I don't know how many musicians get to experience this. You wake up this morning, you know your record comes out today. Yeah. Like, crap in the bed, like, how do you, are you like? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, it's another one of those things, that anticlimactic thing. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 put in the name on iTunes, and there it is. And there it is. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, uh... Mm -hmm. Let's have coffee. Right, you know? that's like, right. Let's have. I know it's there. The system works. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It, but you know, do you know? Do you yeah, know? Right. Does the money come through? You never know. Um, well, and that's a good question. We're going to be talking about this new Camper Van Beethoven, which leads me to David Lowry and all of this. How do musicians make money and all of these things in this yeah, new? Make a career. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, have you? Is there like? 
do you have this plan or it's just put out the record, hope people buy it and go from there. It's like, yeah, I think, you know, to be honest, I think you got to really diversify with your skills yeah. today. You know, it's like, you've got to try and, um, find a way to um, get stuff in film and TV. And, yeah. and also, you know, cause for me, to be honest, when you ask, um, blood, Oh, no. <laughs> Such rock. Wow. Going on right now. You, um, <laughs> rock and roll the, the, in this The basement, basement has taken its yes. toes. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, I think that when you ask about planning a tour, it's like, really, touring is really expensive. So, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah, do yeah, it, right? Yeah. Afford to do it if I don't know that I can, you know, make enough there's, to pay my bills. And, 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 yeah. and I'll, I'll, I will actually look at the site and send it to you. Yeah. Um, there's a site where you can sort of aggregate like where your fans are yeah, and then be like I'm not coming unless 150, 200 however many people buy the tickets right and so you sort of plan you can That's plan your tour right yeah. there yeah it's amazing and, yeah. and like I, a couple of people have used it and been like yep <laughs> it works because yeah. yeah. they would just go to markets and be like oh oh yeah, <laughs> and, then, nice. and then they'd be surprised you know it sells out or something yeah. instead they were just going oh yeah yeah, these people. Right. Are, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, I've had bands that I know either tangentially or that I'm friends with crash in my house, and they'd be like, you know, we're psyched when we get to stay in somebody's house when we're on the road. Like, we've yeah. t- slept in tents and restaurants. Yeah. It's like, wow. It's yeah. Like, you're more devoted to the cause than I could ever be. I know. <laughs> and, and also, it's, I don't know, it's like being, not to be like non feminist, but like <laughs> a woman out there by myself. Yeah, it's like, sure. I don't have the budget. To have like a guy or you know a clan with me to like right. feel super safe, <laughs> right, right? You know, right. I'm not Absolutely. tenting up a rest stops. Exactly, so, exactly. Um, you probably had second thoughts about coming down Andre's basement. Yeah, I did house. actually. I don't blame you. And I don't blame you at all. You know, but then you got down here and the lava lamp was on. What is oh, that? Sensuous music. <laughs> oh my God. Sensuality. Oh no. Sensuous right. music. <laughs> He's entertaining himself. I'm just having a good time. <laughs> um, what were you uh, listening to while you were making the record? Did anything inspire you? Or like, oh yeah, this is this is good stuff. Even if it's nothing that ended up as a direct influence on the record. Yeah. Was there anything that you well, heard? Well, Jamie was listening. He would pick me. He was so nice. He picked me up. Um, my friend stayed with my friend. Justin in West Hollywood, and he would pick me up every day for work, and he was listening to that band Bread. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. oh, from the 70s. Yeah, like, okay. what's that song? Like, it's a guitar man. Yeah. That yeah. And then something. So it was like Bread that. Bread in some America. Yeah, yeah. and I know America, <laughs> yeah. but, um, so that was going on, and, um. Well, there was a, uh. I don't know if it was intentionally thinly veiled or not, but the shout out to What a Day for a Daydream. That kind yeah, of you know, somebody else said that, and I actually had no idea that wasn't even necessary. Is that right? But then, yeah, no, but now that I was listening to it, and then I was like, actually, I'd really love to work it into the song and be oh, like, nice. you know, What a Day for a Daydream. That's so funny, because like, I wasn't thinking, yeah. I heard it, and I'm like, boy, it sounds like that, and then I saw I the title, I'm like, well, that can't be a coincidence. You know, <laughs> no, it really was, and, and to be honest, it's like, Kind of an occupational hazard, I think. I'll bet. Just yeah. like, you just get like the the earbug in your yeah. Like, I don't know. Somewhere. I mean, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you but it can, works. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I guess so. <laughs> what did they say? Some 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 artists borrow, others steal. 
Yeah. Something like that. Well, and then, you know, the uh, there was... Or the Good Ones Steal or something um, like that. There's a, a guy, a songwriter named Josh Joplin, and when I think about those things, he has a line that goes, the years go by, the chords don't change, we're all Pat Boone by different names. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. There's only so much shit you can do with a guitar. You can, It's yes. going to start to sound the same eventually. Yeah. You know, actually, what that song made me think of was Santa Baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I mean, so for then sure. I was like, this is so Santa Baby, can I do it? But I was like, Yeah. It's okay, you know. Yeah, sure. But then, like, um, another a guy that was fixing an amp from this guy, Pete Cage, a really nice guy, was like, is that a love and spoonful? <laughs> and then when you said it in the review, I was like, nice. And, and, of course, the guy fixing the amp would recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, dude, I was just listening to yeah. that on the way in. Yeah. Totally. Oh, my God. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming by. Really, oh, my really gosh. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is really fun. And we'll play you out with uh, Dig, which is the leadoff track on the record. And read the review on Chunky Glasses if you have it. And by the by the record. By the record. <laughs> Thank Most you. Importantly. I just wanna dig. Don't call me a starter. I'll finish every bit. I'm a coal miner's daughter. I don't need to win. Just don't wanna lose. Something that I can. Get back again Tell me it's a sin Every time I move Tell me it's the end Say it's coming soon Come around again That's just like you knew I got so much Thank you to Laura Segaris yes. for that. Uh, Thanks for It was much. fun. And go see her at the Hamilton. Yeah, she's, she's playing at the Hamilton uh, next Saturday. Yes. There's uh, a lot of shows What's in town that's that? probably going to... February, February, February 2nd. 2nd. February the day before 2nd. Super Bowl Sunday, February 2nd. Oh, it is. Super Bowl Eve. Yeah. I drove by the Hamilton the other day, she, she, and now I know where it is. She told us of her plans for the band and everything, and it's going to be it's gonna be awesome. It's going to be a very cool show. Yeah. Um, all right, Andre, let's uh, <laughs> kick off some albums. Thank you. 
is uh, New Jersey, Hoboken to be exact. Uh, favorites, Yola Tango. Off there, is this the 13th album last year? 13th, 14th. 14th, 14th album, Fade. That song is uh, Stupid Things. Uh, this is a band that uh, has been around since 1984, I believe. Uh, often referred to as the Quintessential Critics Band. Uh, this album, I think, is getting like impossibly good reviews. Um, Rusty wrote a review on this uh, for the site, so why don't you uh, start us off? I would like to start by saying I want to hear what everybody else has to say first, because <laughs> yeah. okay. before we recorded, I was hitting lots of a mm. little bit of trash talk, and I-, I want to see what everyone else has to say before I go into my spiel. I'll start then. <laughs> um, so y- Yellow Tango, like, is like I've been, li- I think I've been listening to them since around like 1989. Like not, and I haven't been following them or anything. I've never been a huge fan. I've had some great albums that I've been like, yeah, this is great. I've never, like, I don't understand the the quintessential critic, like, I guess assessment of the band. Uh, it's pleasing. Like it's 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 good. Uh, right now, it's in the background. <laughs> it, it hey, sound, it's hey, very good background. Hey, <laughs> I take offense to that. <laughs> it's one. Um, but I know, like, the indie world is blowing up about this. And I know, like, Paul, you, yeah, I think you had, you had the same thoughts. It's sort of like, it's I, boring would almost be too strong a word. It's just sort of... No, I, I don't think it's boring at all. I, I think that Yola Tango, who I really enjoy, have settled very comfortably into, uh, you know, late period, high-grade competence. And that's kind of where they're at right here. Like, yeah. this is not... It's nothing that's blowing you away. You know it's a Yola Tango record. It sounds good. But it's not surprising you, and it's tough when you've been around for mm-hmm. as long as they have to pull a new trick out of your bag, and, and and they don't. But what they do, they do really well. And you can put this on and enjoy it, and you're probably not going to think about it again at the end of the year. That was actually my thing. Is that I, I won't think about it. I, I listened to it exactly like eight times today. Yeah, and I'm sure, and I'm sure I'll play it again, and I'll probably play it again. But it's going to be more of a thing that I play at work, mm-hmm. and you know, write some stuff to, than that yeah. I make a point out of playing like at another time. It's true, though, like you just said, and like I said in my review, they are a band. You know, since you know they really came into prominence in like 1995 with Electro Pura, or more importantly, 1997's "I Can Hear the Heart Beating" is one. Mm-hmm. They are. Paul just sees Dead Horns, by yes, the way. Yes, he did. Of course, that album is... That's my all-time favorite album ever, easily. But, you know, it's... They are a band who, whenever they put out a record every three to four years, you know it's going to be good. You know what you're going to get. They're consistent. You know, since 97, the only misstep they might have had in fans' eyes is Summer Sun, but you can go back to that album now and people yeah. say it's underrated. I'll go you one better and say 89 was Fake Book. That was the, one of the first CDs I ever bought, and I freaking love that record. Even oh, though it's mostly yeah. covers, it's yeah. awesome. It's oh, fantastic. Record. Yeah, I mean, they, def- they definitely had their highs. Yeah. Um, they haven't... Uh, like, I, I mean, this is horrible to say. Like, I, I can't, like, delineate any different, like, era of the career. No. Like, I put it on, it's good. And I, and I, and I recognize it's good, but I, I don't be like, oh my god, it's that album. I'm just no, like, for me, I can, and it's like Paul said... You know, this is late era. This is them settling comfortably into mm-hmm. their, not just their late period career, but their late period lives. Lots of yeah. talk of, you know, mortality, aging, you know. There is not a lot of time ahead of us like there is behind us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're really starting to, like, you know. Which is the theme of the album. This is the theme of the album. That's true. Well, wow. and I think something else to be said on this is, uh, I think this almost continues on the theme. 
what separates it from something like I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One is there's no autumn sweater on this. There's nothing that no, spikes out the of the album. Thing. It just kind of like, yeah. it's smooth. And when you think about that album even, there's a, there's a couple of spikes where you're like, wow, I have to sit up and pay attention, and the rest kind of rolls through in a normal, like, Yola Tango way. Yeah. This is the roll through without mm-hmm. the spikes. Right. If there yeah. is one for me, it's own, but it's the leadoff track. So it's kind of like it spikes at the beginning and then yeah, yeah, levels yeah. a little bit. But It does start strong, and it's yeah. good for them, I guess, to kind of so to speak, for them, rein it in and make a consistent, a very concise record for them because it's only 46 minutes. And right. the songs that book in this just go over six minutes. They're not... Right. There's no 15 minutes See, of whatever. See, but that's what I missed, and that's why I listened to them before. Because, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, it, it. I won't classify it as space rock, but it's getting there. It's getting close. It's getting close. Yeah. Um, it's a space rock as, as it, they want to take the indie crowd out there. Yeah. And that's what I've enjoyed, like, is, you know, these... 10 minute blowouts yeah. and you'll still album. get that when, the, when they that, come to town that, yeah, yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah 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 I'm sure you know, but good. we're talking about the album though. Oh, so if uh, um, let's, let's actually hear Ohm like that's cool. it's the lead off track uh, like and it song. is uh, what is it about most don't know it just sounds just like ohm. they're just Ohm it's very mantra-esque very you know right. like the first line says sometimes the bad guys what I can't remember anymore. I've heard the song. Ah, we'll hear it in a second. Nothing's explained The longer it takes The looser the times 
questions, it always rolls up into Autumn Sweater. And every time that happened, I kind of wished, oh, Autumn Sweater, this is great. Right, right, right. <laughs> and Autumn Sweater is a great song, and Ohm is, you know, equally great, and years from now we'll put it in the same canon as all that. And oh. Do you think so? Probably. It's probably, I mean, I think it's easily the best it's song canonical. on the record. It's easily the best song on the record, I'd I agree. say. Yeah. As someone who spent half their life, you know, listening to this band, there's, you know, lots of songs touch on other parts of their catalog, mm-hmm. like Two Trains with that whole drum machine sounding like Saturday sure. or By Twos. I mean, I prefer this album to the last one after multiple listens. Which one was the last Popular one? songs where it's nine yeah, songs yeah. in 30 minutes and then three songs in 30 minutes. Really kind of... Quite like I'm Afraid of, Not Afraid of You and I'll Beat Your Ass. Oh, that album's so good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, not a lot of genre hopping on this one keeping it together but still good you know what you're getting yeah if you yeah. want a yellow tango record True. buy this one and that's or buy them how old are these guys are they like they're in their age? mid-50s uh, mid-50s yeah. yeah I think I was like 56 <laughs> I was gonna say you all talk about like old rock stars and it's just like no nope. that's not old <laughs> um alright so uh I guess Justin what's your verdict on this one uh are we doing the stream it by yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would say stream it it's worth streaming yeah good it's a good listen Paul Stream it. Yeah. Susie? Stream it. Yeah. Bought my copy last week of Crooked Beat. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stream the more space rocky ones. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stream it too. For the cats. All right. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. For the cats? <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Uh, how, how how much do you guys like L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> Where you're about to these find are, Do it. Wait, these are two separable questions here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Los Angeles's uh, Fiddler uh, acronym, skinny acronym, which Paul hates. <laughs> Fuck a dog, life's a risk. Life's a risk. <laughs> um, oh, uh, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm just going to read uh, a little of their bio here. First off, saying, uh, and so the name of the song is Give Me Something. Um, their bio says, Hailing from LA, Fiddler, made up of Brandon Max, Zach, and Elvis, started playing together in 2009. And after a year of leaking their demos with found footage music videos that glorified teenage breasts, shaking asses, smoking meth, shooting guns, and the entire opening credits of Top Secret, we'll stop there. <laughs> How does that make you feel, Paul? Wow. <laughs> this album really annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it annoys me because there are parts of it, like the song that was just played, yeah. that are that are actually pretty decent, mm-hmm. but the problem is that so much of their album 
is caught up in this idea of trying to pretend that they're not very decent that it feels like a self-conscious attempt to build an image. I mean, and they're the, long, the bad boys of L.A. You know, shut up. No. <laughs> and the, the long build-up, and that was not shut up to you. It's just like, that's. I think feel like that's that's the whole yeah. dialogue being built about them. And the long, you know, delayed releases between the demos and the tracks and the videos and now the album, I feel like they're carefully cultivating this image and then coming out and being like, no, we're just the hardcore, badass, three-chord rockers. And then you There's, put out these these, like, these psych surf tracks in the middle of it too you can't pull that yeah. like that there's certainly no risk involved like no, life is not no. a risk for these guys this is this is no. this is uh, a pr position yeah and it's got about a third of a good album on it and the rest of it is just posing mm-hmm. and it pisses me off yeah. i've seen them live too like, go, go ahead Rusty, i was just gonna say it's funny because you know the first single they released from the album and the first song on the album cheap beer it's mm-hmm. just it's, it's a tease it's, it's like tease. you think you're gonna get this what you're gonna hear you i know like um, if Frank Black isn't suing them because it's Tony's theme. Yeah. It's totally <laughs> yeah. Tony's theme. That chorus, I think I even mentioned that when I reviewed the yeah. track back in October. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, just... I'll speak up for Carrie, who is, uh, God bless her, at a hockey game, by the way. <laughs> Hockey's back. Because um, I read her review and I thought it was exactly it was exactly how I felt about it. Yeah. That there's a half of a good album. I'll go one better than Paul and say it was a half of a good album. Uh, and a lot of throwaway tracks. It's one of those, It's it, for me, like she mentioned Japan Droids in, in the review. And it's one of those things, like, if you love that record, you'll think, all right, this isn't bad, but you won't love it. There's, there's, there's just a whole bunch missing. Like, Japan Droids knows how to write songs about living life and partying and having fun. And these guys kind of, you know, oh. use the word poser. It's just, like, fake. There's not <laughs> no, a lot to it. And, 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 and you shouts right. of cheap beer as shibboleths. <laughs> no, like, right, exactly. And, it's, it, this, and I was reading an interview with them that made me feel old and musically superior. They cite Blink-182 <laughs> and The Offspring as influences. Ooh. And Ooh. that just knocks them right? Another yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I read that, I'm That's like, impressive. you're fucking kidding me, really? You you admitted that in an ad that Blink 182 is an influence? Well, I mean, but they're not That's the age we live in. That is the age we live in. So that made me feel old and a little bit superior. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. There's nothing like. Uh, there's one part we're talking. We're just going to talk about Carrie's review from now on. Okay. Uh, she's talking about the song "Horror." It's like you might not want to have a song called "Horror" on your record in 2013. No. Like, when it's, when, it doesn't right. As like, you mentioned, it's the only song that's about women at all, and yeah, it's called "Whore," and it's <laughs> like disgustingly misogynistic. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, hmm. Um, yeah, cocaine, I, fine, whore. No. I, no. I, I mean, I, I think uh, I've seen them live. They're, they're great, and, and they put energy into it. Whatever. Uh, it feels like Paul said very prepackaged um, to the way like, this is what like people are going to like. Uh, Garage Rock is is big. We can't can't make it go away. We shouldn't make it go away. I mean, but but there are people who commit to the conceit. Like, I, I agree. There are people who either either believe I, the garage rock is is the music that they're meant mm-hmm. to play, or they fully commit to the image, mm-hmm. and you can't tell the difference. These guys want to have it both ways. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't believe for a second that they have done or even believe anything they're singing. No, about. no, not for a second, it's, and I, and not from the. That's <laughs> LA. Huh? Right, that's LA. <laughs> they, is that is that LA? Well, well, I, I, you lived well, there. In the same interview, yeah. they said that they like got together originally to do like hip hop, and clearly that didn't sell because they probably <laughs> sucked at it. And they the said, white you know, man's can, white, right? So like, yeah, the new Beastie Boys. So they were like, all right, you know, we can make a go being punk rockers. That sells. Let's do that. So it, reading the interview was like, mm-hmm. all right, you've, you've tried one and, trick, and we're bra- and we're breaking it down. I mean, in fact, some of the songs are fun. Like a lot of the songs are. fun. I would say half of this album is decent. Yeah, it's like it's. 
it's fun. Right, right. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give right. you that. None of it is mind-blowingly uh, awesome. They're not breaking uh, the It feels like this is our answer to, this is our answer to, like, here's a trend. Here's our answer yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, Here's, um, let's write about cheap beer. Here's our answer to that. Mm-hmm. You know, Japan um, did this song. Let's let's write our answer This will that. be the album we forget about in December that came out in January. I This was going to be the album that, not you guys, but everybody's going to be like, this is the number one album of the year. Ah, God, I no, hope not. No. By everybody who soon. said... No, no. Everybody who loves Japan Droids is going to love no, this. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I am a prime example it's of why that's not true. You, you, know what, you know what I think this is right now is because they cross-jumped so many genres on this mm-hmm. um, that a lot of people who reviewed certain other albums, including Japan Droids as yeah. well, yeah. feel like they have to give this a good review right now. <laughs> because they be they're, hypocritical. Because they're like, hmm, I might come off as a hypocrite, but nobody's going to remember it in six months. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So you have to give it a good review because you got like 80 emails in your inbox for about it. I mean, it is the most publicized band I've seen in my life. Yeah. Catch them this summer on the Vans Warped Tour. No, catch them everywhere. Everywhere. There you go. It shows. No, only if you're in Germany. Because we're talking about them. We reviewed it. Well, we reviewed it because it came out. That's what we do. There's Uh, nothing else out right now. (laughs) It's January, people. Uh, Get over yourselves. uh, Let's hear another song. uh, Cheap Beer, which, you know, we're not drinking cheap beer right now, but uh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> I, have, I have a rolling rod. Thank you. Cue <laughs> song. the only ones ripping off the pixies no no i mean if yeah good influences uh, don't always add up to good records very very true yeah especially when those influences are blink 182 and the offspring (laughs) you gotta keep them separated man you gotta keep them separated they're pretty fly for white guys. <laughs> uh, we got to stop this or yes, start a whole do. different podcast. Yep. <laughs> so, Justin, skip it. Justin, skip it. Skip it. Skip it. All right. I'm gonna give it a 
barely stream because right. there's enough work in there. Mm-hmm. Susie? I'm going to say, what was it, skip it? You can, you can pass. I'm going to pass. Skip it. Yeah. I'm going to stream it just because I want to hear cheap beer now and again. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll listen to the streams at Rusty's house. <laughs> Thanks, Andre. Yeah. I'm going to skip it. Yeah. Done with it for the year. Listen to it enough. Uh, moving on. Uh, up the California coast, in fact. Veterans, Camper Van Beethoven, uh, off the new album, La Costa Perdida. 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 Uh, the Lost Coast yes. in California. Uh, the name of the song is Too High for the Love In, which sort of carries in the tradition of uh, sort of humorous song titles or whatnot. Uh, Formed up by David Lowry, uh, you've got uh, Victor uh, Kribenacher, John Siegel, Greg Leischer, Dave Immergluck. Chris Peterson and Frank Funaro, they, uh, this is a band that basically defined a lot of what indie rock is today. Wow. No, they did. Uh, people, uh, they didn't, they weren't as big, ever. True. No. Um, with albums though, like Key Lime Pie or Beloved Revolutionary Sweetheart, um, if you told someone to take the skinheads bowling, they'd say bowling for Columbine? And you'd say Camper Van Beethoven. True. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing. And that was that was the thing that, uh, I guess, that's what most people remember them for. Like, uh, what I remember them for is just being a badass fucking man. Uh, there's so much good material. This is now their ninth album, I guess. First album in ten years. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a little adjusting. Like, what do you? I think it's great. I think it's a really yeah. good record. Um, it is not, uh, as you would expect, not their early stuff. It's not Take mm-hmm. the Skinheads Bowling, which for me has always been a throwaway track. But that first at record, all those fun instrumentals and the kind of world music thing they had going on early on. Jonathan Siegel's violining, if that's the word, has always been spectacular. Um, and then the fun songs on that record, like Where the Hell Is Bill, and then you get the progression up through Beloved Revolutionary Sweetheart right. and a rock song like Aya Fatima. Key Lime Pie and that fantastic freaking cover of uh, of um, Pictures of Matchless Man. Matchless that whole record yeah. was just great. But, but what about the new album? Well, we're getting to that. Well, so we're getting to that. So the point is that it's not any of those records. This is kind of a more, and we were debating about this a little bit while we were listening to the track. For me, this almost sounds a little bit more like a Cracker kind of record where it's more, there's less of that ska, 
rock element, um, except for that uh, the Peaches song. Um, it's just missing from the record. It's kind of a new sound that they've got going on. And a couple of yeah. these songs for me could be on a Cracker record. That's not necessarily a bad thing because I think they're an underrated band. I would actually say it's sort of a bad thing. Really? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, David Lowry's always had this weird thing with Cracker. I mean, Cracker had the first album was great. It was great, and everything after that is. I mean, and, and I think Camper to some extent is uh, is like songwriting exercises. I mean, the guy is a writer. Yeah, this is a writer's band. I mean, this is not like. These are accidental pop songs when they happen, but most times it's like it's it, they do this stuff, mix it with weird like like European influences, right? And they're just like, dude, we're just gonna do whatever we're doing, and we, and yeah. we took a lot of acid, so yeah. I mean, and yeah. seriously, there's yeah, no, they um, every album of them I, I think feels a little bit like you're tripping with David Lowry, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> at some point, uh, which is what's great about it, uh. Uh, on this one, uh, I feel like uh, it was the title track, for example. Uh, I mean, it's he's showcasing uh, a lot of what he has always done. And this is where I think you may be a little right about the Cracker thing. In Cracker, uh, there's not such a stringent, like, adherence to, like, level of quality. There's, like... Dude, I just shit out a song. And right, I did oh, yeah. it, and it's rock and roll. And Camper has normally been reserved for like the top, right? The best, yeah, I, and right. you just and you just throw that stuff in there. I mean, their last album was a concept album, uh, right. all about like him hating George Bush. Yeah, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Uh, and but there's you know the songs like Northern California Girls. I feel like could be a cracker song, and it could also be a Camper Van Beethoven song. And it's that's one of them. It's and good as far as it's a great it song. Goes. It's a great song. It goes on a little long, but it's a yeah, great song. Yeah. Do you feel like this far in his career, he just the line blurs? And I was you know from him knowing who he is personally and reading all this stuff he said lately, it's almost hard to separate the man from the music. Yeah, I mean, they tour he's again, become man. a bit of a bitter old man. Um, and it's hard to not hear that in the music, especially on the solo record uh, that he put out. Was it last year or the year before? Which yeah. overall was fantastic. Yeah, but, I love that record. But, I mean, it was pretty dark. Like a song like I Saw the Arabs and the Moon is dark. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, I, for me, it's hard to, I don't recognize the guy that's saying, just get high while the radio's on, just relax and sing a song. That guy is gone, and mm-hmm. this guy is what we've got left. He still writes a great song. Um, but we're never going to hear that old, fun camper sound again, I don't think. No, no. I mean, you hear it a little bit in uh, "Come Down the Coast." I think, yeah, which we're gonna hear. It's like you hear. It, there's a little. There's lighter flourishes at this late stage in their career. Yeah. Another band like Yolo Tango is is later in their career yeah. and just doing stuff. Um, uh, but again, I, I mean, I feel like this is a, this is a writer's band, and like he is almost like writing these short stories and being like, "All right, now we have to put them to music." Right. Right. Like trusting his friends that you know he's played with for yeah. thirty years now. Then uh, Paul, are you, do you see what are you, what are you doing over there? Oh, I'm sorry. I I don't have much to add to this one. Huh? I just thought it was pretty boring. Yeah. Were you ever a camper fan? Not really. Oh. Okay. And this this just didn't do much for me. No, yeah. it, it will not turn you. Into I don't camper think it will bring new fans. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, no, me too. I mean, yeah, I it's it's not. The old fans, if I wanted to turn somebody on to Camper Van Beethoven, I would hand them key lime pie before I would mm-hmm. hand them anything else. One yeah. of the reviews I did read about this said something interesting, which is they are a seminal indie band. They're well known as being mm-hmm. one of you know the most well known indie bands. Yet you never hear anybody say Camper Van Beethoven was a big influence on our sound, or we really yeah. emulated Camper Van. Yeah. People just don't no. do that. Everybody yeah. likes them, especially their mm-hmm. old stuff. But nobody's like, I really wanted to sound like that. It's, because, have a it's bit- because people emulate the spirit of them. Like you, yeah. you can't sound like this band. Right. That is true. like. Sometimes they can't sound like this band. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I've seen, like, so the tour is, like Rusty was saying, is like the tour is uh, Cracker and Camper. Like, it's, mm. it's yeah, he's done that for a while. Mostly now. the same members. And it's a, it's a, it's one of the better shows you're going to see live. It's cost effective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in that David yeah. Lowry makes a shit ton of money off the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's splitting but, the door between himself. Yeah. And the whole band gets made. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, but they, uh, I, I don't know. Like the last Cracker album that came out was just sort of. Well, I, I almost think he he knows there's a very different direction for each band, and that Cracker is known as being that you know that '90s band that had a couple of. Mm-hmm. He's going on that stupid cruise that Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray put together, where it's all those '90s oh, bands, oh, and God. freaking Cracker is on that cruise. Ooh. It's like, are you kidding? Be with you, girl. Right, yeah. so, right. Same. Which is a pretty decent song, actually. Oh, of course it is. Um, yeah. But uh, I just think he sort of knows, all right, I can make some bank off the nostalgia of this band if I need to, yeah. but I'm also going to do my solo stuff. I'm going to do the camper van stuff because yeah. it's and, fun songwriting. And doing those big things will finance this Right, song. exactly. Yes. I will say the playing on this album was pretty pretty well done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, that was the first thing that came to my mind when I heard it. Because I don't know a lot of their catalog, but when I was listening to it, they're very good musicians. They're very good musicians. It comes across that the production and... They they knew every note they were they were playing yeah. and, and that was well and it was probably just done on the fly half the time yeah, yeah. they were probably just playing and they're just well oiled yeah and he said you know, and you can hear that when you listen to this record compared to other records that we've listened to even yeah. Yeah. you can just tell that they're really good musicians yeah, yeah they have been doing this a long they've time. been doing yeah. their you know, yeah, exactly. They've been and, and he said they time. wrote most of the album. They were supposed to play a gig in California that got rained out, and they had to basically hole up in a house for a couple of days to get the gig rescheduled. And that's where they wrote the bulk of the album, just hanging yeah. out, yeah. doing okay. what they used to do. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and it just—I mean, you know, you've got to respect the talent level of them being able to throw this together as quick as that yeah. and have it yeah. come out as good as it did. And Jonathan Siegel's the best violin player in a band that I've ever heard. Uh, of. Absolutely, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the way—I the, the, mean, they're all. The thing is, they're all multi instrumentalists. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everybody, I mean, we, we keep saying David Lowry, David Lowry. Everybody can yeah, do this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, like in Cracker, like it's split evenly between Lowry and, and uh, Johnny Hickman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so this is not, you know, like he he is. I guess he's the ego behind it, but it yeah. is it is not uh, entirely his machine. And the ego keeps him from calling it Cracker Van Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I mean the. Until now, they've sounded like completely different bands. But, uh, but and, and, and also, that might be of unfair of me to say, too, because if you listen to a song like I Was Born in a Laundromat off Key Lime Pie, that could yeah, also be a God, Cracker that song. Awesome. That song is freaking awesome. And that predates Cracker by 10 years. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just him writing songs, I guess, when it comes down to it. Let's hear another song off this. Uh, this is the uh, first song on the album, uh, Come Down the Coast.
the sea and the shore Forever entwined, they all sing the same song So that is actually uh, closest to Cracker. I mean, it's you know getting into the pop territory. It's not as fun as some of the uh, like you said, Born in the Laundromat, uh, Jack Ruby, uh, Good Guys and Bad Guys. Yeah. Where yeah. the hell is Bill? Yeah. I mean, um, but you know, we're all getting older. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all I can say. I, I when I I got this and I listened to it and I was like, yeah. That's, yeah. I liked it. So, uh, so going around, Justin. I would say? say I would say stream it if you don't have key lime pie. Save your money and buy a key lime pie. Stream this yeah. one. But if you've got all those old stuff, this is worth buying too. I'd say say buy it. Pass. <laughs> oh, Susie. <laughs> stream it. Also pass. Oh, uh, I'm gonna stream it as well. Yep. I'm gonna buy it. So. You know, get it on the vinyls. Uh, I think that is it. We're anybody. This is a, the non sequitur for the key line, or oh. for the camper van album. There's Hebrew on the front. I want to know what the Hebrew says. Nobody, nobody's <laughs> publicizing that yet. Someone get back to us There's on a that. circle on the well, cover. In depth investigation it. into exactly. So if anyone knows, let us know. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So uh, it's 2013. We're back. Less bourbon. For now, tonight at least. Tonight at <laughs> it's least. It's a school night. No bourbon. Um, we're, we'll be writing reviews that do uh, less harm than good. Is what. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an inside joke. <laughs> I almost don't want to make it inside. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> don't either. But we'll let it go. Yeah, we'll let, we'll it, let go. it go. We'll let that go. Funky, funky, funk. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you guys for uh, coming out. Uh, I think. What, what do we have coming up? We got a few shows. I'm going to Rara Riot tomorrow. Susie, you're just going to all the shows. I'm going to all the shows. You do go to all. You, you're, gonna, you're, on the go boi- to- you're on the Boylan schedule. <laughs> I'm on the, the, the board of the Boylan schedule. No, I'm going to Rara Riot and um, hmm. Red Barat and Widow's Speak. Oh, and, shit. Damn. Uh, I think that might be it for the week. Okay. Nice. I'll That's- see you tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> and next Saturday. Next Saturday, Laura Segaris at uh, the Hamilton. At the I'm Hamilton. going to uh, Peter Mulvey on Thursday, but we wrote about him. Again? Yeah, he's back again. So at Jammin'? Jammin' Java. Okay. Um, that's going to be fun. Company of Thieves doing an acoustic show at Jammin' Java in early, very early February. I can't okay. remember the exact date. That's, that's what I got coming up. Yeah. And then, 
next week I think uh, we got albums Kingsley Flood yeah which we did a review uh, I think we got a few other bigger ones uh, might do uh, Bad Religion I really know. I don't know oh, yeah. solid a lot of people came out today yeah oh, nice. early wow. 90s flashback right yeah. here no wow I went, Midlife crisis went from hip hop to to, to <laughs> you know. Uh, let, let me tell you yeah. something. If that's really where your midlife crisis is going, I'm much happier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that band did cover the Descendants. Yes, that's true. Uh, so uh, if you like anything you heard tonight. Uh, you can't get it all at Crooked Beats. Laura's album, you cannot get at Crooked Beats. That's true. Well, actually, no. He doesn't no, have a CD. No, it's not vinyl. Doesn't, no. We're going to work on our vinyl. Uh, you can get all these other ones on vinyl at Crooked Beats. Now you can get them at Red Onion as well. Um, point is support music. Please. Buy, buy some music. Um, yeah, but Laura's, you can buy at our website, right? Yes, you, you can. can buy it at our website. You can buy it on iTunes if that's the or way you want to Or at the Hamilton. Or at the Hamilton when you see the show. By all three of her records. February 2nd. So the point is that there are many media in which there are your album. <laughs> yes. The day after Louis C.K. and the day before the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. So I think that's all we got, kids. That's all so we got. Will, uh, Awkward silence, yeah. Beat you all ado. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out. And I guess we'll go drink a beer or three. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> good luck. Have a good night. Go Niners. Here, here. Oh, no. <laughs> Are the strippers clean? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Go.